taglines. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> the movie. Because it's crash and burn. Oh, yeah. okay. There's a whole lot of not crashing and not burning in this movie, that's for sure. Just a lot of electricity. A lot of electricity. <laughs> I have one tagline for you. That's all you need, really. You know, yeah, just one it. solid tagline. The weapons of the future are alive. Um, there's not a single weapon from the future alive in this film. Only Johnny Five's alive. <laughs> and he requires tons of input. To, ooh. Sexy <laughs> input. <laughs> you remember Johnny Five? I'm not old. Come on, it's short circuit. <laughs> you, I know you're only playing with me right now because I know you've already bought me a Short Circuit Two VHS. Yeah, I've so, never seen Short Circuit. I'm not. Oh, old. you've never actually seen it though. No, because I'm not old. Oh my god! Just because it's got Steve Gutenberg in it doesn't make it old. Uh, no, the fact that it's from the '80s makes it old. Oh, I guess so. But what do you <laughs> what do you watch on this show all the time, sir? Damn, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's another one to add to the list that I would say is made in the '80s, but you know, came out in the '90s with a budget of one million dollars and no reported gross. With three story falls to your death with an electrocution fatality, scalpel slicing, one sex scene, infected fingers, stabbings by comb, ineffective shotgun blasts to the head. Arms ripped off, light bulb electrocution, one scene of nudity, sexy shower electrocutions, shotguns to the chest, giant robot pancake flattening, and head explosions, with four deaths, two android deaths, and six deaths in total, with a 5.4 on IMDb, it's 1990s Crash and Burn. Let's drop some bombs. You want some onion down that? We got the onion, but they don't smell right. This is great. The old bastard has blown a fuse in the middle of a thermal, and we're gonna roast. I'd like you to meet Bimbo Cup. I showed ya! April Fool! April fucking Fool, you motherfucker! My mom's a werewolf. You come barging in here, interrupt what might have been the most important phone call in my life, and tell me that your mom's a werewolf? I mean, my mother's a real honest-to-goodness werewolf. Big deal. My mother's a cow. Welcome to Bonds Away, the B-movie comedy podcast. My name is Jonathan Young. Joining me over there in the deserted wasteland, as always, is... Hello, it is I, Tyler Rowe. That was... Wow. Thank I thought... you. I thought that that you were doing it through some effects machine. No, and see, now that we're doing video, it's all screwed because everyone saw it's not a robot. It's actually just a dumpy white guy in his house. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Welcome, dumpy white guy. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. So like I said in the intro, this movie loves electricity. Yeah, this could be um, that, that movie Shocker. But like, it's just, I, I was, uh, yeah, it could be shock and burn is more like it. This is more shocker if like there's a pinky up your butt. Shocker! <laughs> um, I, once again, watched this on VHS. So I'm going to take you through a little time portal if, if you allow it. Will you I allow it? it? <laughs> I watched it on VHS too, technically. Technically. That's right, <laughs> folks, because this is on YouTube right now. 
if you would like to go and just watch the film and then come back and get all these jokes, please go for it. It's definitely on YouTube and it's it's a nice way to kill 90 minutes. We'll say we'll yeah. put it that way. The right? DHS is definitely a higher quality than the video on YouTube somehow, but Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, so on the VHS that I watched, it's from Paramount, so it was advertising a film called Red-Blooded American Girl, which nice. apparently is a vampire movie with Christopher Plummer. That sounds like a porno. Yeah, and it looked no, just no, about as good. Christopher Plummer? Yeah, it was no, it was originally Kevin Spacey, but then he like diddled some kids. So they put Christopher Plummer in post uh, post production. <laughs> <laughs> so you got that before the film. But then Full Moon, who is the makers of Crash and Burn. This is actually the first Full Moon Productions release under like the actual Full Moon name, not paramount releasing a full moon film so this is kind of a big deal too too big of a deal really because after the film they decided hey stay tuned after the film and you can see the making of crash and burn which didn't really help me get an idea of the making it was just being like <laughs> it, it, it was just bill mosley being like this is what they do to me they put me in costume and look my brains are everywhere but they did show and something that I had said in the Shorties episode, but now stand corrected, is they show that they fully filmed the Deviate robot for this, for this. So yep. this film doesn't actually have anything to do with robo jo uh, robot jocks. No, and okay, so do you know, uh, this is the interesting thing about the whole robot jocks tie-in to this movie, is that this was only called Robot Jocks 2 in Europe. So did Robot Jocks fucking kill in Europe for this movie to like get a weird sequel that has nothing to do with it that like they're like, yeah, Europe will really eat up the Robot Jocks name attached to this. So many films are like that in the VHS catalogs is the fact that sometimes a movie would not do well at all unless we attached it to something else that already had some traction, especially overseas. Well, that's my question is like, what traction did Robot Jocks have that they're like, yeah, we got to make this a sequel to it. Hey, Vicente watched it every day, apparently. God, Yes. For <laughs> those of you who were also wondering, wait, this is this a sequel? Yes, this is a not really sequel to Robot Jocks, which we did last year for uh, in during March. Yeah. So it, it it's actually not connected whatsoever at all. It just happens to be in the same format of giant stop motion animation robots. Yeah, and the robot has a similar art design as Sad. the... Uh, yes, it does. <laughs> it looks like, um, you know, Marvin from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Yes. It looks like his buff brother. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say that it looked like an electrical outlet if you drew a frowny face on the bottom. So an English, a European electrical outlet? Yeah. <laughs> so Full Moon decided to advertise what they had already had coming out. So they advertised Puppet Master on this tape, and they also advertised Meridian and Shadow Zone. And then they were like, hey, we also have hoodies. <laughs> we also have Shadow Zone lab coats, which I didn't, I don't even know what Shadow Zone is. That's a dope piece of, uh, like, merchandise right there. Right? And they had, which I wish I looked for it. I wish I could find it. They had crash and burn sunscreen. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Excuse me? I don't know. The See, guy in the beginning of this movie really could have used some of that crash and burn <laughs> <laughs> themed sunscreen. Well, that's what I, I, I'm trying to figure out. Was that just a joke for fun or was that really a thing that you could buy from Full Moon? And I'd love to reach out and, you know what? and figure it's that Full out. Moon. They probably were selling it, honestly. You're not wrong because they just made, they, they take advantage of a crisis for sure because they just made Corona Zombies. Oh my god. And you know for a fact it was a zombie movie that they just slapped Corona on. It so was. It's a 19 It's a 1980 zombie movie combined with zombies versus strippers with some additional little pieces of footage I guess they've filmed in their houses to connect them and and tie it into Corona. What the fuck? It's literally Godfrey Ho cinema like Godfrey <laughs> Ho used to do. That's god. that's exactly what they're doing taking two pieces of of films that they already own and just chopping it up well speaking of uh charles band and puppet master this is directed by charles band yes um yeah and uh like i said uh this was the the first full moon release um but this was also released straight to vhs which became their moniker for the rest of the time that they have existed really them um, and so many people during that time were doing the exact same thing with realized that they would never have the money which nowadays the money for it, marketing a film alone is 30 mil that's goddamn right because uh kevin smith explained why he did reboot as a roadshow and not a traditional film is was it because it was bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no, stop it. Will you stop it? <laughs> the movie's good. It's it's definitely way better than the last two films that he's done in his career. I will say that for sure. Are you talking Tusk and... and Moose uh, Jaws. No, not Moose Jaws. That's not even out yet. No, it's, Tusk uh, and Yoga, yoga Hosers. hosers. Yes, Listen, yes. I like Tusk. I don't like I love Tusk Erasure. Yeah, I love Tusk. But I, I, Yoga Hosers, I never needed. No, God, no. Regardless... It's in that same format of let's just put it out on now it's digital media, but it used to be just VHS. Let's get it out on the VHS. Same thing as we said for last week's episode. If Bunny Man was made in the 80s, it would have been, you know, shot and distributed the same week. Yeah, without a doubt. So the first thing that we see, boom, our title card. It's really hot out there, guys. Basically, it's July 2030. and the world is destroyed. So I, I don't know about you, but this setting instantly drew me in. I was instantly like, oh shit, this is actually super fucking cool right off the bat. Um, this movie, like I said, right off the bat sets up such a cool fucking world that they are really never going to touch on again. <laughs> never, <laughs> never, because this movie knows that it doesn't have the money to touch on those kind of things. It can only relate to them via newscasts and other people's pieces of dialogue. Yes, and this, yes, and the newscast, I was blown away at the the storyline that they were going to decide to go with. Uh, it's pretty crazy. It's so correlative. Is that a word? Uh, you can you can use it like that. <laughs> There's gigantic correlations to what's going on in our life right now. And then to realize you're like, shit, this movie set 10 years in our current future. 
it's you a little it, scary. So, so you you told me about that, right? You were mm-hmm. like, whoa, you got it. This movie's crazy because it's so relatable to what we're currently dealing with, like everything, right? Mm-hmm. And after watching it, I realized, and you and I have talked about this. Do you know why it works so well? Because this was still like the tail end of Reagan, which is the same thing that we're in right now. It's well, that's just like right. Reagan is president again. So the the values and altruism of Reagan's 80s just translates to Trump's 2016s and on. So it's it's really scary that we're going to keep repeating these mistakes for years on end, it appears. Agreed. So what has happened to the world that we find out as our main character, Tyson Keene, who's played by Paul Gannis, who doesn't really have a career past this too much. Like It's actually Paul G. Anus. Um, please don't uh, mispronounce his name again throughout the rest of this, this episode. Uh, yes, the G is a long G. It's actually his middle name is Gilbert. So it's actually Paul G. Anus. <laughs> He pulls up on this motorcycle bike. He's like, I'm here to fill up on Freon, I I'm believe. To fill you up. Yeah. That's a, that, that's a different crash and burn. And he runs into this guy who is completely burnt up on his face, and it's because he spends too much time outside. And why is that a problem now? Because global warming actually did happen, and the UV rays are dangerous and and lethal to those who stay outside too long. It's almost as if we've been worrying about the ozone layer depleting since the mid 60s, 70s till now. It's weird, right? It's it's almost as if like the world was trying to tell us something back then and we've yet to listen. God, this character though is like a human Beavis from Beavis and Butthead though. He's just like <laughs> Yeah, because he's like you shouldn't stay outside. He's like <laughs> why <laughs> and that's all we get from this guy yeah but, that's it it's like thank you sir but he meets the gas station owner and for those who might recognize a familiar face this is john davis chandler who was huge in the 60s but for me and any 80s child you know him as the main guy who was chasing after the kids for that playboy magazine in adventures and babysitting nice and those of you who are like what's adventures and babysitting Go watch the original version of that Jonah Hill movie, The Sitter. Because <laughs> that's that's what it is, just role reversal. But, Damn, I've, 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 I haven't even seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, so what the newscast that is behind the gas station owner is telling us is the temperatures are now between 111 and 120 on a daily basis. And then, okay, so... This is what I was talking about, about how cool this movie is with its message and what's going on, because again, it's so relatable to now, is this guy is talking on the news about how um, there are insurgent groups in in the, the country right now trying to revolt against, and what's the name of the, the company? It's Unicom. Now, Unicom. Unicom is a company that we will discover through dialogue throughout the film is a company that had the resources and the money to buy out all the countries as they collapsed into debt because of the economy, which collapsed due to a computer virus. Yeah. So there's these 
these rebels against Unicom that are are trying to liberate people against the company. Mm-hmm. And They're then, called Bernie Bros. <laughs> so the, the wound is still fresh right now. <laughs> um, so Unicom um, has gotten rid of them. And the newscaster goes on and is like, but if you ask me, I don't believe that that's what's actually going on and starts speak, speaking pro rebel and then the newscast just cuts off yeah i don't know why you would give your position away <laughs> like dude it's just so fucking cool though because it's like damn how brave of this guy on on, on national television everything is because when it cuts away it comes back and they are on a unicom channel because unicom owns everything so it's like that's so fucking cool but that guy's definitely dead <laughs> it's like he, they definitely shot him in the back of the head right there so Keen, which is what I'll call him, because uh, I don't think anybody I, except for the main girl calls him Tyson. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to call him Keen, which really helps because the other character's name is Quinn. So Keen and Quinn, and they're going to go on adventures uh, throughout this film for sure. Keen takes off in his motorcycle. He's got an entire package of Freon, which is extremely important because of air conditioning now. Yeah. Be- because also... This film takes place in kind of the California desert because they definitely say Bakersfield. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, again, another movie that could have been filmed right here in Riverside for all I know. Absolutely. And more than likely was. He, uh, there's a good chance, yeah. He gets the Freon and goes to the TV station where he has been ordered to deliver said Freon. He immediately gets to this location and somehow doesn't think that he's just arrived at Freddy Krueger's boiler room. Oh yeah. Well, it's the end of the world. Everything looks like that. Everything (laughs) always looks like this. Everything always looks like the sub levels of the space mutiny spaceship. I have played, uh, like 20 games of Warhammer on a map that looks just like this. So this this is what the, uh, a dystopian, like if you open a, a, like a dictionary and you look up uh, like dystopian future. It's all it's going to say is oil refinery. (laughs) You are so correct. I mean, there's only two there's oil refinery and desert. There's oil refinery and Mad Max. Those are the two end of the worlds that you're going to get here. Honestly, I thought we were going to get more Mad Max from this movie. That that okay. So that is the interesting thing about this movie, as we're gonna lay out in a second, is that uh, they lay out for you that this is the end of the world, and you can't go outside. Which then you're kind of like, fuck, this whole movie which is like take now place inside, huh? It is, yeah, actually. <laughs> oh, we're we're doing crash and burn every single day right now, sir. Yeah, <laughs> we're just inside. Uh, so we immediately are introduced to Winston Wicket, who is played by Jack McGee, and those who are unfamiliar with Jack McGee. I go to any mafia movie, really? Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, you know, he just look up Jack McGee. I, I, how can I describe it? It's the typical overweight, like sassy Italian guy, you know, almost like Otho from Beetlejuice. A little bit. Yeah, but still alive. Less gay. Yes. <laughs> and he is talking to two girls who apparently are prostitutes on his network, but he's straight up just showing. I don't know how they got the footage of one of these girls having sex. No, but, I think they're I think they're porn stars. 
You think they're porn stars? Because yeah, because this uh, is like a porno that he's watching with them. Okay, I have to beg to differ on this because if you listen to the caller who calls in, which is funny because uh, Winston Wicket, a man who has a show in the apocalypse, which has already got to be hard enough, should be absolutely ever grateful for anybody who calls in but immediately this guy calls in and he's got that echo effect and he's like turn down your fucking tv you moron dude it's so funny though because it's so classic like someone calling into a radio show and then they (laughs) still the speakers on in their car and it's like (laughs) yeah can i can i can i request bon jovi (laughs) <laughs> fuck you <laughs> i i have to beg to differ with your analysis of what they are because i hear this person say that he prefers when the girls were synths and that makes it seem like he's talking about when he like if a guy called in and said oh i prefer when the girls were synths and and they didn't have diseases and stuff like that you're talking about the fact that that guy was with them so i'm thinking prostitution well they do mention later in uh, it might be right now too that unicom like outlawed sex robots right so there and sex robots and synths or synthoids as their full name is all basically turned on people just like blade runner just like blade runner fallout 4 (laughs) <laughs> anything that has since any of the alien movies yeah like it's just that's how it is i guess yep that's what's going to happen guys so they all turn against people so unicon banned them they they were like you know what they can't be trusted uh you cannot use them and they are susceptible to this crash and burn virus which could make them break one of the the most important law of robotics which in this film is labeled FL101, which is first law. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why they banned them. So there used to be sex synths, and I think that they were prostitutes, and now these women are forced to get back into the prostitution game. That's what I feel. I, I literally think that it's just random that they also happen to have filmed the sex. How do you get from place to place if you can't go outside? I don't know. (laughs) Ask the world right now. (laughs) So we're also introduced to Lathan Hooks, played by Ralph Waite, which even for me, his most popular role, I don't know, which is John Walton Sr. on the Waltons. Yeah, and I don't fucking, I'm not old. Well, even if I was old, I don't think I'd watch that fucking piece of shit show. (laughs) The Waltons is from like the mid-70s. The only thing I know about the Waltons is that there is a... Uh, reference to it in uh, the movie The Nice Guys where they say that the assassin that's going to come and kill them looks like a character on the Waltons and that's where my fucking frame of reference for that show comes from that's all I know about it the only thing I have is that I believe that at the end of every episode it's like a dark shot of the house as they turn the lights off and they say goodnight to each other that's stupid yeah it's like oh good night good night good night mom like that kind of thing i don't know it was some family farm like i I give a shit about any of that but (laughs) ralph white plays lathan hooks and he is the person that we saw on the newscast that got cut off he's an older gentleman who 
is the head of this TV station slash boiler room. Yeah. And he has a granddaughter named Aaron, played by Megan Ward. And this, if people are unfamiliar with who Megan Ward is, this is her film debut. She's best known for the show Dark Skies. She was the lead in Joe's Apartment, Encino Man, PCU, and this one's great, the Siamese twin, one of the two Siamese twins in Freaked. And she's also in Trancers like two, three, four, and then in a bunch of other full moon. She was like a full moon mainstay mm-hmm. she, throughout the 90s. She is Tim Thomerson's wife in Trancers 2 and 3. Oh, hey. Yeah, so she's like second lead next to Helen Hunt in that film. Yeah, she I does. said it. Helen Hunt, guys. This movie does the thing that I hate so much, and that's that she comes out real quick laying out that she's 16 years old. Also, she's <laughs> exposition girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she really is, because she explains everything in this in this movie to everyone. But she really does come out, and she's just like, I'm 16. And you're like, great. Now all this weird sexual tension between you and G-Anus here is going to be fucking terrible. It really is, too. Every single time that they are on screen together, he is laying on the charm, and you're like, you should stop. Just because there's no laws anymore doesn't mean (laughs) there's no morality. Yeah, it's like, dog, that's fucking gross. (laughs) So Winston is really pissed because Lathan had promised him that he was going to get a live audience uh, during the apocalypse. Um, Yeah, man, I would love to go see a live taping of the Cosby show in the end of the world. There's nothing (laughs) more I, I desire in my life. I mean, I really do sympathize with Winston right now because I swear to God, if I have to watch another audience less episode of any of the tonight shows, I'm going to blow my brains out. You know, this is the best thing that could have ever happened to Jimmy Fallon because, like, his jokes never get laughs anyway. So <laughs> what's the point of having an audience? <laughs> Megan now goes with Keen outside and shows him the outside world, which I thought you shouldn't be outside. No, yeah, you shouldn't. With, And I guess the rules only apply to people we want to look fucked up. Yes, Keen is just wearing his motorcycle outfit, which I assume is kind of like a silver, you know, like burn bag, you know? Yeah, he, it looks Something like that wearing, can protect the UV rays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like he's wearing the outside of the Lunar Lander. Right, but is wearing that helmet that you get at a, a Spirit Halloween. Yes. And Megan is wearing nothing, but I I don't know. Maybe the sun doesn't affect you till you're 18. Yeah, it's... it's um. It's a consensual son. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike I Keen. don't consent to you. And, and the son's like, shit, man, you're right. You're right. So Megan. <laughs> I don't consent. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, Megan shows Keen our um, only slight connection to um, robot jocks. Robot jocks. Yeah. And I was actually just looking back on it. Um Robot Jocks was also produced by Charles Band. Yes. So this movie has, I guess, we're going to keep flip-flopping back and forth between how much of a connection this movie has to Robot Jocks and how little of a connection this movie has to Robot Jocks. Because as the time goes on, it has far more of a connection than I was anticipating, but then still no connection whatsoever. 
has more of a connection to Terminator than any other film. No, it has more of a connection <laughs> to Terminator, Alien, uh, RoboCop. <laughs> like It's just like it wants to be everything. I cannot disagree with that at all. Speaking of robot jocks, uh, rest in peace, Stuart Gordon. You know, oh, that just yeah. happened recently. That is true, yeah. You know? He's so, crushed by a robot. I know. If only it had made this as well, we would be talking about a better movie, more than likely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Megan introduces him to this downed, gigantic robot. We're talking about bigger than the power looter from Aliens. Uh, I don't it's, know, three, four stories tall. It's right? bigger than Johnny Five, but smaller than a Pacific Rim Jaeger. Yeah, yeah, but but maybe by a story, maybe two tops of being smaller than a Jaeger. Yeah, really? it's Jaegers are enormous. Jaegers stand in the ocean waist deep. That's so true. Jaegers are fucking like 14 stories tall. <laughs> Mommy, I could touch the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> she shows him that and she's like, I wish I could get this up and running. It would make my grandfather proud. And you're like, you will. Don't worry. Like. You just told us about it. I love. Okay, this is my favorite part because she's like, "I wish I could get this up and running." And King's like, "Isn't that illegal?" Shut the fuck up, you narc! <laughs> what the fuck? Are, where's the cops? He does work for Unicom, though. <laughs> Show me where the cops are right now. <laughs> I'd whoop his ass. <laughs> they have this conversation in which this is where she declares she's sixteen and never Oof. been kissed, and he goes. Uh, and she asks, would you like to stay because there's another thermal on its way? And thermals are, you know, giant heat surges where if the now average temperature is 110 to 120, this guy's probably up to 150. Okay, and she doesn't say she's never been kissed. He does. She says 16 and he says and never been kissed. Yeah, It's gross. She was <laughs> like, I didn't like that movie. <laughs> And and so he first he's like no I I have to go and then she tells him about the thermals and he's basically like yeah I might take you up on that offer and stay a while <laughs> and he's just like yeah how's two years sound that's how yeah. long I'm gonna stay because tick tock eighteen's right around the corner baby <laughs> it's weird it's this sexual chemistry that. Kind of gets forgotten about as soon as we well, introduce our say, next character. I was going to say, as soon as he sees another woman, we don't have to worry about him making sexual advances to her anymore because he's now in love with this other woman. I get it. The world is hot and steamy and you're horny, but you can't just throw moves in to guarantee in the future you'll be hitting it off with this girl. <laughs> I don't think you should be giving dating advice. I, so. I, I shouldn't be giving dating advice, but it looks like that this guy's taking a date advice from Drake. <laughs> so we're back in now. Damn. You're welcome. You're welcome. So we're back. Stranger inside. things have happened. <laughs> we're back inside and we're introduced to two new characters. One is Quinn. Played by the amazing Bill Mosley, which congratulations, okay. Bill. Uh, 32 years sober today, actually. He oh, posted. shit. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. Since 88. Him. Then I'm not going to talk shit on him like I was just about to do. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because this this for me is the same Bill Mosley error and the same time that he made this and another film Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Better Watch Out, the same year. And it's obvious 
that Bill just seemed to want the paycheck. Well, so so this is what I was going to say. That's the what, what's so odd about his performance in this is there are moments where you are getting Bill Mosley, mm-hmm. where you are getting, and the best way I, I can always always there there's there's three Bill Mosley performances, right? There is um there's over the chop dev- top. No, no, no. They're <laughs> over the chop top. <laughs> Okay, that's the second one, right? Yeah. It's kind of like I always say, There's you get when you want Will Smith, you're going to get two Will Smiths. You're either going to get William Smith or Big Willie style. Tell There's the only truth. two. Tell the truth. <laughs> you tell the truth. That's William Smith. So with Bill Mosley, you're either going to get Devil's Rejects Bill Mosley, who is like dead serious and like doing a great fucking job. You're going to get over the chop top, as we'll call it. Or you're going to get whatever the fuck this is, which is like a weird blend of almost chop top, but it could get there if he actually cared because there's some moments where he shines. And then in the next scene, he literally, it looks like they just held the script off camera and he was like squinting to read it and just said his line. Agreed. Now you can't disagree though, that that final monologue is pretty damn good. Yeah, it is. But also that's that's what I'm saying. It's like he's fucking killing it in some parts and the other parts he's not. And then it makes sense for what the reveal with him is. But it's just so odd. Yeah, like I can't I cannot disagree whatsoever. He is the video editor or kind of TV station control operator. He's he's like the switchboard operator for the show. Right. But also he on his spare time help students learn by doing remote teaching with the other woman in the next room. Yeah. Which is another crazy correlation to what's going on in our current life. Uh, that was the one where I was actually shocked yeah. that they do remote teaching. That was the one where I was actually like, no fucking way. Way, right? Yes, because they are doing Zoom teaching, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> they are, because we have this... 80s VHS camcorder set up on a tripod and you have this woman her name is Parise and she's played by Eva LaRue who mostly has just been on CSI Miami Ghoulies 4 and RoboCop 3 so if you're familiar with that face which I wasn't (laughs) that's where you can find her she is teaching a class that is in a room like you would see a teacher like in her spare bedroom and a map's on the back wall and she is calling out other students who are remotely you can hear their voices and she's like timmy are you participating today and you'll have hear a, a, a student who apparently knows enough of the history of our world and our economic problems to let us the audience know some more exposition <laughs> Well, and you know what? I'm actually not mad about this exposition because it is it's in a teaching setting and it makes sense. But this is where you're really led on that like um the the this company uh now owns the work the United States essentially. Unicom. Yeah. Unicom. And they they control everything. Did you know? But it's not just the United States, it's the whole world. It's the whole world, yeah. But they're only showing the United States. But did you notice something weird about this map? And I don't know if it was a weird error on their part or if it genuinely was on purpose. That it looked like it was done with a magna doodle? Well, yes, but (laughs) there's there's different states on it. 
There's states that are different, and there are states that are missing. Florida, Arizona, Florida looks like it's been washed away. There's like, look, it looks like the keys are now just all of Florida. Florida is Florida is underwater. Mm-hmm. T- part of Texas is underwater, and um, Arizona and New Mexico are one state. This checks out for me. <laughs> I'm okay with they, all that. Once they can eventually unite the Dakotas, then. We can bring peace to this nation. You just blew my mind because that's where my joke was going. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it was the Dakotas. I wasn't even going to say the Carolinas. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so she's teaching remotely. And then um, this is the moment where Keen is just like, oh, shit, I don't have to wait for her to turn 18. And just just like, never mind to you, kid. Yeah, he's just staring at her from outside of the room and the girl keeps talking about who she is and he's like yeah yeah shut up i'm <laughs> i'm fantasizing right now yeah 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 shut up papa got to get his rocks off <laughs> papa's got to get a bone on papa's got to get his robot jocks off ooh, ooh. <laughs> so they all sit down to dinner now that everybody's been introduced and the prostitutes apparently are going to stay behind because of the thermal. So they're yeah. now in the mix as well. And we have this conversation in which we learn that Keen is from Oceanside, which we can only assume is, you know, the West Coast of California. Yep. And they're like, you used to swim in a bikini? Or like, no, no, people, no. They say, people they used say to, to him, do, I heard people still swim in the ocean. And he said, people do occasionally. And then, um, this is when Paris says, oh, I've often thought what I would look like in one of those bikinis that you wear to a beach, which is fucking hilarious. Because in the next scene, she is in a 90s pair of underwear and it's literally just a bikini. Absolutely. So you're like, you'd look just like that, idiot. Mm-hmm. And they describe that there was an econo collapse. Oh, that's another thing about this film. I should have pointed out way earlier not 40 minutes into the show but this film loves creating its own terminology that then needs to immediately explain what that is or else we're lost you know what though some of it like some movies that do this yeah it drives me nuts and some of the abbreviations and weird shit that they do in this movie is it is weird but the econo thing and certain other things they say i actually was like oh okay that's cool the world building in this movie is cool it's just not enough is given to the point where i'm like yeah that's awesome yeah i guess i just i wouldn't think that people would adapt new phrases like that so much like it just yeah. seems like within let's assume that this happens sometime in the 90s when the yeah. everything happened, I'd, I I don't know. I don't think this many things terminology wise would have changed, but we'll see. So oh, but this is <laughs> I, where I, I also we'll see <laughs> when they're when they're talking about the bikini. Um, this is when Bill Mosley has a line that is so fucking gross where Aaron, she says, oh, I. I would never wear one of those bikinis. And to which Bill Mosley says, yeah, because you can't, you're too young to fill one out. And it's like, yo, we can stop this now. Bill, that's fucking gross. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking disgusting. (laughs) So apparently robots were also part of Revelations. And I didn't know that. No, no, no. Revival. (laughs) It's not not Revelations. What do you mean? They said redemption. <laughs> they did, they said 
They said revelation. They said no. That, they say the redemptions. They say the redemptionists. The no. There's they literally say something about like the second coming. Like they it's say, like a prophecy. They, they say that there was people who were there who were redemptionists and they were looking to redeem the country and then it happened. There was redemptionists. I don't think they said revelations, did they? I I swore. I I mean, it's one of those things where I really need a remote for my VCR because I do not feel like getting up and hitting rewind every single time this happens. Well, if there was a revelations, I do imagine that Robo Jesus, like, what died in a cross-shaped car compactor. Oh yeah. Synth Christ? He's the yes. best. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> three days. Yeah, three days. <laughs> so everybody goes to bed, and it's weird because we get a scene where they say everybody has to bunk up with somebody. So we have Quinn and Keen. They are in one room together. We have Paris and Aaron. They're sleeping in the same bed. And that's going to be important later, I'll tell you, uh, because I had questions about all that. But we get one scene where you have Quinn and Keen, and they're like, oh, what What did you do? And he's like, ah, jobs. Yeah, you know, odd jobs, things like that. What did you do? Yeah, same thing. All right, good night. Yeah, they're just like, uh, it's not important. <clears throat> good night. And I'm like, why do we even have the scene? Are we filling well, out the runtime here? No, it makes it makes sense. It does. Um, there. So this is also while they're going to sleep. Um, we have Lathan go and he's going to change the Freon in the air conditioning um, <clears throat> while they're all asleep. And while he does it, someone comes up to him and he says, you know, like, hey, what are you doing? I'm just I'm just changing the Freon. So it's someone he knows, right? Already setting up for what we're going to be dealing with, which is who did what's about to happen because it's someone he knew. Um, yeah, so it's I'm, that old trope of like, oh, didn't see you there. You scared me, but we can't see who it is. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's so funny because I'm like, what transpired to cause this man to fall off of a railing? Because it looks like he just got scared and fell backwards. It really does. I mean, you can see that there he gets pushed off i thought with like with like a foot right you i can guess only yeah. or no he gets feet. shoved into the freon and it like it fly he flies backwards or something but it's not enough force to actually throw him off of this railing no i think he just stumbled backwards and maybe and, like, there tripped. was a push to the chest over the railing but i mean the implication is that he was indeed pushed and he falls yeah. to his death and we get our first instance of how much this film loves electrocutions. Yes, really loves electrocutions because this guy gets fried to fucking bits. Falls on top of the AC unit and knocks out their air conditioning for the entire complex, which is a really bad thing during a thermal. Yeah, and then so this sets up some really interesting... Th okay, this movie is a whole lot smarter than it lets up to be because there's actually two twists in this movie correct and they really really broadcast the first twist the the first twist is 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 it, literally at this moment you should be going 
okay, I, I have an inkling of what this first twist is going to be because they literally lay it out there for you so that once the second twist happens, you're like, oh, fuck, what? Yes. And it I, was all there in front of me. The, the second twist is the important thing because I was very much in this moment, same way that you just described, going, yeah, it's probably one of two people. Yeah. You know, we narrowed it down that quick and close because we have what we have two sex workers, one TV host, two female protagonist, our hero, which he wouldn't be like, hey, it's you, you know, that's you, yeah. have, you have six people really or seven plus Bill Mosley. So, yeah, who who do you think it is really? But the, the, the reasoning behind it and the things that they're laying out for you in this scene is just a thing that you're not thinking about because you're just like, oh, whatever. But then later on, you're like, oh, my fucking God, because everyone wakes up and they're covered in sweat because the air conditioning has turned on. So they're going to go figure out what happened. Um, this is when Bill Mosley lays out like, hey, um, looks like the power's out, probably got knocked out by the by the thermal storm. Um, and then this is when he gives one of those line deliveries where I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? He's like, you go get some batteries and you go get some lights. And then the scene just moves on. It's like, is that the best you guys could get out of him right there? Was he just like, yeah, do you know who I am? (laughs) I'm fucking Bill (laughs) Mosley. He presents those orders to them. And then for some reason, I guess high wind. The satellite dish of the entire complex crashes through the roof. And that's the last time that we have to deal with that problem. Yeah, no, no one cares. (laughs) Not at all. Why did that happen? Why did we even film that scene of that model coming through the roof? Because you would think they'd be like, oh, my God, like with the with the roof exposed, the sun rays can get in whatever. Nope, not whatsoever. That will not be a problem in this film. Well, also, so apparently um, the water is tied into the electricity. That's which usually is, how it works. <laughs> yeah, always. Oh, I have to flip a switch to run the sink in my house. Well, how do you think you can get current to go? Because <laughs> now they can't get water because there's no electricity. So um, this is when Winston is um, going for water out of the toilet. And listen... Buddy, listen, when they say that drinking out of the toilet is the safest place to get water out of in an emergency, they're talking about the fucking tank, man. (laughs) (laughs) Not where you drop deuces. (laughs) He is taking one bucket and he is scooping it with a tiny ladle, the the water from the bowl into there. And And there's literally a turd floating in it. And he's like, ooh, baby Ruth. Well, you don't see the turd. It's all through dialogue, which is (laughs) such a weird moment where uh, the lights come back on and the water is running again mid-scooping of him in the bowl. And he goes, oh, well, at least the last son of a bitch flushed. And I'm like, what? You scooped shitty water for them to drink? Well, no, it's not that he scooped shitty water. It's that he wasn't sure if he was going to scoop shitty water. Because, like, that's all they need now is a dysentery outbreak as well of all of them just, like, shitting themselves to death. <laughs> God damn it. I thought we were better at this. We all played Oregon Trail. 
<laughs> I shot so many buffaloes so we could stay safe. It's Oregon Trail's right on the computer that she's using to try to reanimate the DV8. Come on, guys. <laughs> We've been here. So Aaron, throughout this entire process, immediately freaked out and is like, I know, I know he was trying to send a signal out, and I know he was killed. And you're like, do you? Like, okay, I guess maybe he could have just fallen over the railing. I've, yeah, they 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 play because they find his body. They find Lathan's body, and they're like, "It could have just been a heart attack." And it's like, honestly, the from what the twist that's coming later, that was in the moment genuinely the smartest answer anyone gave to what could have happened to him for sure. Did you also notice? Uh, speaking of, they fixed the air conditioner really quick. All the problems get fixed quick. Right. Well, it's not that the, the air conditioner was broken. It was that the power went out and they just fixed the power and it fixed everything. They fixed the fuse. Correct. Yeah. Because 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 they had to go outside and dress yeah. like villains from ski school. Yes. <laughs> it's because it's because it, it literally basically like shorted a fuse. Correct. And then it's like, OK, we just got to replace the fuse and we're good to go, which is that's, again, pretty smart because it didn't have to be over convoluted because that's not the point of what they're trying to get to, basically. Also. There's a line of dialogue by the sex workers, which are Sandra and Christy is their names in the film. They said that Winston was going to make them a TV star. And my question is, what even is the life of a TV star in this world at this point? Um, you don't have to be a sex worker anymore in the end of the world. <laughs> you get to be on TV. I guess so. I mean, it's quite simple. But I mean, like, is, is that like a glamorous life? Is that? And what is your show going to be about? Welcome to fucking. Yeah. <laughs> like we're going to teach you how to make sand condoms, right? Like, what, what, what will that show be about, ladies? I do like that even in the end of the world, the Harvey Weinsteins of the world still flourish. That's exactly, that's who Winston reminds me of. Yes. <laughs> so we learned that Lathan had a stash of 90s computers. Yes, and computers are against, it's against a lot to have computers now. That's a weird, that's probably the weirdest part of the lore of this film. Because right. computers were the thing to make the stock market crash and crumble the economy, and that's where we are now because of it. Which, mm. yeah, probably, more than likely, something like that will happen. That's a weird That's a weird one. Right? And Erin has been working on these computers. She's trying to find a solution in order to contact the... The ILU, which is the Independent Liberty Union, which her grandfather was secretly a part of. And yes, like we mentioned before, they're like Bernie bros that <laughs> are trying to stop Unicom from world domination at this they're point. An they're Antifa. Yeah. I, I would put it more like that. At, okay, yeah. <laughs> yes, apparently her, her, her grandfather was working with this group and was trying to reach out to them um before he was murdered so obviously there's a unicom like mole among them which is obviously the first pointing fingers is going to go to ken or keen yes because he's from unicon and he was just sent there randomly and what we learn through this conversation is that people are suspicious of synths after they were banned because Unicom apparently just took them all, reprogrammed them, and turned them into spies and moles. Yes, the plot of Fallout 4. 
<laughs> it's like that's quite literally like the the there there are synths in different factions within Fallout 4 who are being used to infiltrate and bring back information which is like that's the perfect um I mean, that's a that's the perfect way to do it you know no one's gonna suspect just a human i got a question you know what i mean i got an answer i hope you do because if everything seems to have crashed in the 90s how the hell do they look like bill mosley <laughs> <laughs> because look at that giant ass dopey robot laying in the junk pile outside and you tell me that your Apple II plus Dopey Robot equals Bill Mosley eventually within 30 well, years? okay, think about this. Uh, I got your answer for you. Think about this, right? Those robots are huge, right? Takes a lot more to build a huge robot than it does to make a small robot. You know, like, look at the difference between robotics at an amusement park versus that fucking walking dog robot that they have at Boston Dynamics. Yeah, but dog, um, the things at the robot, like at the things at the theme park, would look more like <laughs> a robot that was developed throughout in this world in this technology. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it's a different, you know what I mean? Like, a big robot's gonna be a lot harder to make look whatever, you know what I mean? Bill, Bill Mosley would wanna... be citing great moments with Mr. Lincoln instead of the speech he does by the end, if they I looked like the 90s version. Great moments with Chop Top. <laughs> Dog will hunt! <laughs> <laughs> he just looks too real. Obviously, it's an actor, you know, but but there's no... It's not believable, I'll tell you that. You know? Yeah, but it's that whole it's that whole retrofuturistic cyberpunk vibe like Blade Runner. Blade Runner is incredibly futuristic and it has synthetic people in it, right? But there's still pieces of things in it that do not look that futuristic. No, not at all. It so that's that's that whole thing of just like that is the style that is the blend. I I personally love like love like retro futuristic and cyberpunk aesthetics. So that is my whole thing is like that. This fits in that aesthetic of old and new combined together to make a hybrid of the two. So before the scene ends, Aaron decides to secretly cut Keen and make him bleed to prove that he is indeed a robot. I mean, okay, or no not a robot. Here is the thing about the this scene where they're cutting each other. It is just re literally a blatant ripoff of the thing. But did you have to cut everyone so fucking deep? Yes, because what happens is they take the scalpel and to each person, they just go like if the tip of that blade, it goes directly to the bone. I would literally describe it as a laceration. Yes. They are literally like just like across their body and they're like oh he's dying he's he was a human but, that's our bad but Aaron doesn't even warn Keen when she does it to him she's just like and he's like what the fuck and he's like well I had to tell but it's like you could just be like yo I suspect you're a robot you gonna give me your hand or not how the fuck do you say that <laughs> just to a person you know what I mean like I get it I do Tyler that, that I've been is... looking for a way to ask you for a long time if I could just cut your finger <laughs> okay because i think you're a robot i, th I think but, I think but you're I'm, I'm i'm guessing is that she didn't just say well robots don't bleed blood so let's cut them open someone just like in the thing is gonna be like no 
You know what I mean? And then you're going to, then, then you don't know because they're not going to let you. Which is what happens with Winston in this dinner scene is that he doesn't want to be cut and they wind up grabbing him. And I, what looks like it should just cut his finger completely off. That's how deep they go. Well, then later we they show his finger and it's like, dog, you should have just let him take it off. But I also... You're going you're gonna to die of gangrene now. Okay, because that's a side plot that doesn't really go anywhere. Is that his finger becomes infected throughout the rest of this film and it blows up and it, it looks completely... You know, his entire arm up to his elbow looks puffy after a certain point. And I'm like, did you catch a computer virus? Like, what is happening? No, he uh, stuck his finger in one of those sex workers and now his finger has syphilis. Well, I think he went back. <laughs> I think he went back to scooping more toilet water and that's what happened. Oh, dookie water in his hand. I get it. I get it. <laughs> happens to the best of us, bro. Yeah. So another term, and this is the one that I didn't quite understand, is everything went under glass when the ocean air went toxic. Under glass? Like like uh, sand kind of thing? What? No, I think I think they're literally referring to like everyone went under like cover. I think everyone lives inside now. Oh, like glass from like windows. Like a dome, yeah. yeah. Everyone went and lived inside after the ocean went toxic, which is an actual um again, like this movie's so much smarter than it actually is. In an end of the world scenario where something like this would happen the ocean could turn um, and its its pH values could flip and it could become acidic. Yeah, guys, you don't want to swim in a pool with bad pH like levels. I've been there. No. Burns your eyes. That's called a yeast infection. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so one would think as I set up this next scene, you would say, hey, wait a minute. I haven't heard you guys talk about them as a character or a couple or anything and you would be absolutely correct when i say that keen and paris decide to have fuck. sex yeah. they fuck <laughs> yeah just out of nowhere they just turn to each other and i get it everybody's horny in the apocalypse let me tell you guys i've masturbated like five times today it's Ugh. it's a thing why is that gross why is that gross just because yeah. you have a wife <laughs> no, <my God. laughs> um, yeah it wasn't an ew out of like gross it was an ew out of like lonely like ugh, that's not so lonely, lonely. <laughs> i'm gonna order you a flashlight nope don't want it don't need it that's too right riley reed butthole too much cleaning guys too much cleaning. Oh my, it's dishwasher safe do not so i don't have a dishwasher <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they have sex and I, it comes out of left field, but you kind of knew that it would just because she is the only of age woman that isn't already claimed by Harvey Weinstein. Damn. Yeah, really. Um, and, and it's just, I don't know, it's out of nowhere and it's literally just like, all right. And I would say that it leads to nothing, but it does lead to something because it's a trust situation here correct in, i would say in that the middle too. of this whole situation it's building trust between the two of them because we're about to find out um nothing that, is that it what it seems yes is that uh keen discovers that coolant that they use on this base is also blood red okay i love this though okay because he has sex with her 
the scene switches over to Winston being like, God damn fucking fingers infected. Then immediately switches back and Keen's like, can't sleep. And leaves her in bed and runs over to the coolant. Like, like he has had the biggest epiphany of his life. Post nut clarity. <laughs> I've said it a million times on this show. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He runs. He like his eyes like spring open. He's like, gotta go. Right. And, yeah. and I wish that she would have been like, at least as a joke, been like, call me. <laughs> Cause he just leaves. He discovers that coolant is blood red in this world which I, yep. I thought it was green but okay we'll go with that and Aaron decides to finally get the missing pieces of the puzzle when it comes to getting the 90s computers to work and reactivate DV8 the giant robot outside just for a split second yeah he like stands up and he's like I can't haven't worked out my lats in years. <laughs> I've been bedridden. I've got bed sores all over. <laughs> Cock is stuck in sand. <laughs> so yeah, he kind of like pushes himself off the junk heap and then collapses back down and his eyes uh, dim and see, he's not ready to wake up yet. I am not a gun. <laughs> <laughs> At this point in the movie, all bets are off. It just is, it starts revealing itself. Yeah, but again, like I said, this is the first twist, which has been telegraphed from the beginning when you like go back and think about it after this has been set up. This is when we find out that Quinn is a synth and has been this whole time, obviously. Now, why I say is that this has been telegraphed this whole time is remember that scene where everyone's asleep and they're sweating because the AC is off and he's literally sleeping there undisturbed oh. the entire time. Yeah. Didn't, there's didn't a whole really bunch of, that. yes, there's a whole bunch of other scenes throughout this where crazy shit is going on. That's affecting all the humans. And he's literally just like, eh. mm. like when, when they're all dripping with sweat while they're trying to turn all the power back on, he's like, all right, everyone just go ahead and do this. Everyone's panicked. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And he's not dripping with sweat at all. So maybe what you would constitute a laziness factor. You know how you were saying there's three Bill Mosleys. Maybe it was a choice. Maybe. Well, no, that's what I'm saying is like, is because he's a robot, some of the parts where it seems like he's not really giving off that much energy in his acting is like, I'm willing to give it a 25% chance that it was a choice <laughs> as opposed to him just being lazy. But I honestly think there is moments where he is being lazy. But yeah, that is crazy. That this whole this whole time you and the the this being a full moon release is playing completely in its own favor because initially when everyone was sweating and he wasn't i didn't think a second thing about it because i was like what i guess i guess he's not sweating i'm surprised you saw it with the quality of your video yeah it i i did go back and watch like a recap so that i could see some stuff better because i noticed something weird because they draw a long time on winston being sweaty as fucking fat when he wakes up and that's why i didn't pay it any attention because i'm like yeah fat people sweat and and, yeah. and he was drawing all the attention on his sweatiness. Yes, that, and that, that was the point. I was like, okay, everyone's really sweaty, and that's being 
really focused on. So yeah, they, they telecast it from the beginning that Quinn is a synth. He has been this whole time. Yeah, he gets stabbed with a comb and it shows that he is bleeding coolant. Do not gloss over the fact that he is stabbed with a pick comb. <laughs> <laughs> At a left field, Aaron comes with a pick comb. You know, the kind that you would pick like a... a afro or a jerry curl with i didn't see any brothers on this base not at all <laughs> <laughs> we ain't found shit <laughs> she stabs him with the the pointy end of one of those combs not so it's it's not a rounded style it's the pointy style and that drives through his cheekbone yeah and it's gnarly <laughs> it's a great effect but you're just like where did this come from where did you just have a comb lying around in the middle of a boil room yeah. And then Keen takes a, so a shotgun and he can't be more than six feet away and somehow makes contact with only the side of Bill Mosley's scalp with a yeah, gigantic listen. shotgun. A shotgun is almost near impossible to miss your target from six feet away. But <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck he was doing. Well, this is this is Keen for you. This is this is his deal is to just be a very lackluster hero in these final moments, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. So we get the monologue that Bill Mosley, uh, I mentioned earlier in the film, and this is where he really shines. I got to thank you, kid. You said a synth would try to destroy anything it saw as a threat. I wasn't programmed for that. They just told me to get the old man. But as soon as you said it, I saw the sense in the idea. You see, there's a teeny tiny little chip in my big gargantuan brain. The company calls it the Jiminy Factor because it's like a conscience. It's kind of cute, huh? But I would never in a million, billion, trillion years terminate a human. But thanks to a miracle of modern technology, poor little Jiminy Cricket has crashed and burned. So now there's only one mission left to protect the company's synthoid program from any You two, with your goddamn questions and unpatriotic opinions, have definitely interfered. So, we're going to have some fun. How about a little hide and seek? Now, you can tell that he's going crazy just by the 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 fact of the virus that's inside of him he describes that the crash and burn virus title of the film uh, <laughs> is inside of him and what it does is it eliminates like he said that jiminy cricket conscience that they call yeah. it and that conscience keeps him from murdering a human being and he's like that's not a thing anymore so game on yeah what's stopping me essentially quinn 
decides to play hide and seek and runs away from them and they let him go. Why don't you just this, chase okay. after him? I love this next progression of of like action from this movie because Quinn gets away and he kills Winston. And like I'm not trying to speed past the fact that he kills Winston, but who gives a fuck? We knew Winston was in this movie to be fodder. He was in there to be fodder, but do not gloss over the fact that this is a chance for the movie to once again show us how much they love electricity. Yes, he does get electrocuted, <laughs> he, yes. He, I don't know how, I because I would never do this, I've never stuck my finger and I don't plan on it into a light bulb socket, but when somebody lifts you up and Hold on. What? Let me speak from experience here. Okay. <laughs> Stick, <laughs> sticking your finger in a, in a light bulb socket sucks. <laughs> so, okay. I stuck I stuck eight fingers in eight light bulb sockets. Uh, on a dare? No, I was... We were building a show at my old job, and we had um, quiz show, uh, like, um, podiums, right? And they had christmas type lights in them like those bl- blown glass bulbs um and they had a chase sequence programmed in, in them i was talking with my friend about how he was programming them and i was standing at the top of one and i wasn't thinking and i was feeling the holes that we had drilled to put the lights in and i put all eight of my fingers in eight of the holes and i didn't know it was plugged in and um God damn, did it hurt. <laughs> I obviously didn't die as far as I know. Who knows? Maybe this is hell. But <laughs> it hurt. But I didn't die. So I don't think this guy is going to die from putting his fingers in a light bulb well, He doesn't even put his fingers in there. I guess what? Hair follicles went in it? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. He has metal hair. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> because uh, Quinn grabs him and just lifts him up into this lamp that... You know, like it's like a workshop light or something breaks the bulb, obviously. And then I guess the connector is on the bulb is what electrocutes him. <laughs> it's so dumb. But the 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 reason why I was saying that the action in this scene in this set of scenes is so fucking wild is because Quinn in the middle of his murder rampage is like, I have enough time to do a thematic kill, I think. He like opened his schedule and was like, yeah, I got time to do a thematic kill because he Fucks Christy to death. Which is that on brand for him? No, he hasn't been horny this whole time. Not at all. Okay, so yes, Winston died, and then the scene changes over, and now we're with one of the two sex workers who decided to, of course, you know, in the middle of a crisis, take a shower. And he gets in fully nude with her. She's nude, and they embrace, and she's like, he's like, guess who? And she's like, oh, like, who could it be? And I'm like, well, it doesn't feel like Winston. (laughs) (laughs) Lathan's dead. And Keen is already has the hots for the other chick. So who do you think is left? Right? (laughs) I don't feel a fat fucking stomach. So it's obviously you, Quinn. Right? I don't feel a guy who's desperately trying to get me to sleep with him, even though it'll never happen. Uh, You know, (laughs) she is down immediately. I think she knows it's Quinn, but they're embracing her eyes are closed and then when she turns around to see him sees that his skull is missing <laughs> yes yeah and freaks the fuck out and then he i guess is always an an exposed live wire as a robot 
Yeah, I don't. It's his penis. It's the exposed live wire. He fucks her right before she opens her eyes. She is fully into it. He is just pumping her in that shower. She freaks out and he goes, well, I guess that's over. Grabs the shower head with his hand. And I guess his hand is an exposed electrical conduit because she's grabbing onto him and he's grabbing on the water and she is electrocuted just like everybody else in this film. (laughs) And that's it. Dead. So I don't quite understand, one, how everybody's so horny in this film. I am. I mean, yeah, like (laughs) I said, it's been five times today, guys. So, yeah, I get it. But... At the same time, we're in the middle of a crisis and an obvious murder scenario. It is not the time to fuck, and it's more than likely not even the time to take a shower, especially because we just, what, 20 minutes ago in this film, complained about the possible lack of water in an emergency. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Stay dirty. Now's not the time for shower sex, guys. Get some of that stank on you. (laughs) So he kills her. We get inside the movie studio and this is where we have a full-on shootout where the other sex worker who was, like you said, fodder, is murdered by Quinn during the shootout. They shoot him a bunch of times. He's down for the count, but so did the other sex worker perish in this battle. So that's it. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, who cares? (laughs) On to the next scene. It's just the kills and then this progressive action. Boom. Here we are, guys. We're right at the climax. That's it. They try to escape the like Keen, Aaron, and the other girl, you know, the the girl he's had sex with, which her name's so weird that it keeps, it's Paris, and it keeps escaping me. But the three of them take off in like an old 90s Ford pickup truck that is lying around in the junkyard and Quinn comes out of nowhere and just does a full on hood stunt where he's like punched through the window. He's trying to grab them. This goes on a little too long. Yes, it is. It's the, get the fuck away from me, man. How many times we going to reference the same scene lately? (laughs) Yeah. It just keeps happening. Is it? Okay. I, I cannot deny how weird it's been that all these films that I pick have had major correlations or the same things keep coming up for us recently. And it is not on purpose at all. Like not at all. It is the weirdest coincidences of how I pick things and then how they come to be as they like play out. Like I've never seen this film before more than I'd say what 80% of the things that we do on here I have no previous connection to. So, you know, I can plan all the holidays out that we do all the time, but all these weird coincidences and correlations keep happening in our most recent shows. And I just needed to point that out. Yeah, it is. It is odd. So, of course, he rolls off the hood. They do the old, I'm going to rev up and try to run you over. But that guy bounces off the hood. And then... The movie decides that it needs one more shot at telling you how much it loves electrocution. Yeah. Or electricity, <laughs> really. In a, in a because it's kind of like a dust storm type situation. Mm-hmm. There is thunder strikes in a dust storm. So I'm gonna give this movie some leeway in this scene specifically. <laughs> okay. 
I'll give you that. <laughs> but at the exact same time, it just happens all too conveniently. It There was no discussion of like a sandstorm on the way or anything. It comes out of left field. And it only comes out of left field in order to strike a tower that also I didn't know that electricity was so powerful with lightning strikes that it would melt the steel on four pillars of a tower lightning strikes can't melt steel beams and i'm standing by it no they cannot they absolutely cannot unless you're in crash and burn because what happens here is (laughs) shocker was an inside job that's what i'm saying i've never even seen that movie (laughs) so i cannot participate in that joke and i apologize you've seen 9-11 so i would hope you could participate in the joke with shocker Never mind. <laughs> oh, it's an inside job. Okay. Thank you. Right. <laughs> God. All that jacking off is making you stupid. No, it's not. <laughs> it's just getting away and wasting away all the good brain cells. <laughs> all I yeah, got this all I got like... left is baby batter up there. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a tower crashes down and our two fighters are kind of trapped in it. On it. But like it 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 like it falls on top of them in such the perfect way that neither one can move. And no. this makes for a great climax. Let me tell you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's really exciting because the big pumping moment is let's just get this piece of metal off these two guys. Yes. Aaron. Well, and it's only technically it's really only one because Bill Mosley proceeds to rip his fucking legs off and rip off the very end of Terminator one. Yes, because that that's what it is. What's happening here is they're both trapped, right? Just like Sarah Connor was trapped in the end of part one, right before that press machine would would press the Terminator. And he is grabbing after her. He's only got one arm at this point, And he's he, he looks like Anakin Skywalker in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. <laughs> he's just crawling towards him, being like, I hate you. And then Keen is like, you were the chosen one. And no. <laughs> he's like, I have the high ground. Don't try it, Kane. <laughs> but he's crawling after him. So now he is not trapped under the under the tower. But Kane is. And Aaron has since left the scene of this where she could have just helped out. That's another thing. Aaron and Parise are not just going in and being like, let me take a metal crowbar to the skull of Quinn or something real quick. Everybody's like, no. oh, no. Hope she can get that robot up and running in time. Yeah, that's the weirdest choice. Yeah, she gets the robot and he wakes up super sad, super slow. I'm DV8, the brother of BB8. <laughs> I don't know. It's just he's he looks so clunky. It's Marvin from the, from Hitchhiker's Guide, I'm telling you. He picks up the tower and then steps on Quinn. Yep. End of problem. The movie, essentially. Yeah, end of problems, really. Because he's he's dead, and they're like, we're going to get this information to the ILU. So, yeah, they, they go back inside, and t- I've been, you know, I keep harping on that there's two twists in this movie. And this is that second twist. I love this twist. Which, yeah, and, and again, it was telegraphed from the beginning. It really was. Is that, um, I, I keep wanting to call her Eva. But that's her actual name. No, that's that's um, from Paris. Wally. <laughs> Paris is a synth as well. 
Um, Straight up and again, punches it, back slaps him in the face, and it's like, bitch, I'm a synth. <laughs> earlier in the movie, when the air conditioning goes off and everyone's sweating, she's sound asleep with the covers on herself. Mm-hmm. And everyone's on top of the covers sweating. Okay. So they broadcasted it from the beginning as well that she's a synth. So no, it's one of those, that's like, every woman. They're just cold. Oh my god! <laughs> Welcome to incel corner. It's not even an incel <laughs> thing. That's just a my wife joke. But yeah, so, um, yeah, she beats the shit out of him and is like, "I am a synth," essentially, and they kind of have a tussle. And um, is that the actual quote? Because I can't remember it. What bitch? I'm a synth <laughs> no. bitch. No, no, don't you? Does she? She's. Does she actually say, "Do you want to kiss me one last time?" Yes, yes. Because <laughs> I couldn't remember. Because as I'm reading it, I'm like, I I do think she says that, but that's so fucking dumb. No, it's great. She says, "Don't you want to kiss me one last time?" And he goes, "Kiss this." And <laughs> just blows it's her almost, fucking head off. <laughs> it's almost the line from Army of Darkness where she's like. You used to love me once. He goes, baby, you got real ugly. And then shoots her. <laughs> it's like, that's that's basically this. Head full explosion, guys. And it's great. It's a it's a really great effect. But yeah, it it might be my favorite part of the movie. Because it like I said, the twist comes out of left field. I think it's a good reveal. And then it's a great payoff, being like, Yeah, sometimes you gotta blow somebody's head off to, yep, to finish this film done. out the right way. And yep. and it did. It really does finish it out the right way because now Aaron and Keen get back in that pickup truck and they say, let's go back, go to that gas station from the beginning of the movie, go get some more gas, gas and get our way to. Oh, he's trying to get some more gas. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> and they ride off in the sunset like it's Sarah Connor at the end of the Terminator. We're going to head to California. I heard it takes two years to drive there. Did you think... (laughs) Did you think that this movie was going to have a final end reveal because the editor likes to hold on to shots too long in this film? Yeah, I actually think it was going to have an end reveal, but then um, a producer ran and was like, you guys aren't getting a second movie. So they're like, oh, fuck. (laughs) And they just cut it at the end. But I heard they were making Robot Wars. They yeah, are, there is but that's the wars. official Robot Jock sequel. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, would you recommend it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I totally would. It's it's something that is going to be another quarantine flick. Like, it's in that domain for me where I wouldn't necessarily be like, you gotta watch this. But if you got time on your hands, yeah, go see it. Go watch it for Bill Mosley and for that head explosion. So, would you recommend this thing? Absolutely, yes. 100%. I have to agree. Uh, I definitely had to turn it off and go back to it and revisit it, but it's definitely something you would at least want to put on the background. There has some fun moments, and that final head blast might be worth the entire watch. I I would even say I would just watch this. Yeah? Um, Yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. It was... I was thinking, oh man, it's gonna be like Robot Jocks, but it, it's it's better than Robot Jocks in my opinion. You think it's better? Yeah. You well, think you think that everything that's going on in Robot Jocks with the robot fighting and the really bad acting and techs that this movie's better? 
Yeah, this is like more my speed, honestly. Just like huh. it's almost a campy horror film in itself. And I just I really enjoyed this movie. OK, well, I'm going to go ahead and say that it's a Jaws three for me still, though. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's yeah. high up there. Oh, really? You 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 weren't going to say three. Honestly, I was going to give it between a one and a two. Oh, okay. Yeah. You were going the opposite direction. No, it's not. I'm I'm sorry. It's not. But this isn't even action filled enough for me to to give it one step up on the scale. Interesting. It's, it's like I said, it's competent and it's entertaining, but it doesn't give me the thrill to ever want to turn this back on again. And that's like I say, that's that's a Jaws three for me usually. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a solid two. Okay. I just think I just think because of the production value and how well it's made and how fun it is, it deserves a much higher rating. Okay. Well, you've heard from us, folks. There's still a couple of people that we've yet to hear from before we can end the episode for the day. The first one on that list is the person that usually has to sit through all these films with Tyler. This is what did Carly think? Um, Carly is my wife, and yes, as Jonathan described, she typically has to sit through these movies with me, but, uh, luckily for her, well, actually not luckily, because she wanted to watch this and it was killer, she did not watch this movie with me, so there is no what did Carly think. Uh, she likes robots, so I'm sure she would have liked ten minutes of this movie. <laughs> That's about all she gets, too, yeah. ten minutes, because she's not an Android fan. No, no, she hates Just, androids. No, you don't, you don't, you don't want human <laughs> This is an robots. iPhone household. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody likes Bicentennial Man. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's what Carly thought. She didn't have any thought on it. But there's still a, an entire group of people who think they're the most important people in the world, and who are we to deny them of their attention? This is Gimme Five. These are five and ten star reviews pulled from the internet, Amazon, or IMDb. I have no idea what they're going to say. Tyler finds these. It's always a surprise to me, and usually to my own chagrin, they're awful. <laughs> yeah. Today's reviews are all pulled from Amazon, it looks like. Am I correct? Yes, sir. There was, right. There was not a single ten star review for this film on IMDb. Because ten is too high. Like, you can give five out of five and not feel like... You are lying sometimes. <laughs> no, I would feel like I'm lying. <laughs> well, you just can't give 10. You know what I mean? Like 10, yeah. you're like, I can't give 10, maybe eight or nine. So this first one is written by, well, it doesn't actually have a person that it was written by, but it is titled Crash and Burn. I love the movie. That's why I bought it. I also bought it because I like full moon movies. I got the idea to buy it when I was watching Trancers 2, and it showed a preview of it on there. When I saw that, I told myself that I'm going to buy it if I can find it. So I did. Five stars. <laughs> I'm really glad that worked out for you, a nameless person. You do love Trancers. I love Trancers. To be fair, I've only watched the first two so far. Because three is really hard to track down on uh, digital, and I just haven't ha happened to get a copy of part three on VHS yet. So the story of Trancers, that Christmas miracle, 
has only happened twice for me thus far. So I can't wait to see Megan Ward uh, reprise her role in Transfers 3. But I love it. Thank you. Thank you for that one, buddy. Uh, the next one's written by Ricky Valley, uh, <laughs> reviewed in October 16th of 2016, titled Old School Robots, Even Giant Robots. I would say even giant robot, but that's okay, Ricky. Yeah, I mean, he he means in this world, I guess. <laughs> Old school robots, humanoid robots, conspiracy theory driving government gone mad. Part particle with auxiliary verb. The movie did seem to borrow subplot elements from Blade Runner. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You know what? If we had just read these out loud, the we, the the episode would have been a lot shorter. Sorry, yeah. guys. <laughs> they pretty much hit it right on the head, I guess. This last one's written by Vanessa Cruz back in December twenty third of two thousand thirteen, only titled "Awesome Deal." The movie is in perfect condition, no complaints whatsoever. It was a gift, and the person was well satisfied. What? This was truly an awesome deal. Five stars. <laughs> this was a great gift, and this person was satisfied more than that sex worker in the shower. <laughs> Five stars. Ladies and gentlemen, that about does it for us here at Bombs Away. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. Um, go ahead and leave a like, a comment, since we are filming this, and hopefully we get this out to you and you can write comments. Uh, don't say mean things. That's not nice. But um, share, 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 share. Feedback um, is always appreciated, though. If there's something that like you, you're like, oh, I love it if you guys would do this or add this. Like We're always listening. So yeah. like, yeah, negative comments, let's keep those uh, like, you know, at bay, like <laughs> Tyler said, but always welcoming feedback. Yes. Yes. So um, if you do want to give us any feedback or you want to give a shout or you just want to tell us if you're liking the show, uh, go ahead and hit us up at all of our social medias at Bombs Away Show. We are very active on most of those, most of those being just Instagram. Um, again, at Bombs Away Show. Also, BombsAwayShow.com is where you can find all the episodes Website's still being mean, being made. I'm never going to put a, 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 a finish date on that. Much like the end of the coronavirus pandemic, I'm just going to keep pushing it out two weeks until it's the end of the year. And that's we right. all forget that when I originally said it would be done. Guys, the so, website's going to come out when all of us do. Okay. Yeah. So, wow, Jonathan. Yeah, it's very progressive. Are you gay? Yeah, it's been a long time coming, guys. I'm going to come <laughs> out of my room. <laughs> so thank you guys again again bombs away show for all those social medias you got anything to plug jonathan no just make sure that if you are a new time watcher on youtube that you hit that subscribe button right there at the bottom right hand corner it really helps us and it helps you know exactly when new content is coming for the show and that goes to sh you know for all of those apps like tyler said subscribe and you'll get those notifications and that's very important to make sure that you are up to date on when the shows are going to come out and when we've got new content coming towards you which is probably what you're looking for right now hell yeah all right well that does it for us here at bombs away i'm tyler i'm jonathan and 
Don't you want to kiss me just one last time? Hey. Kiss this. been a production of Big Bulb Entertainment, executive produced by Jonathan Young. For more media and information, visit us at www.bigbulbentertainment.com. Big Bulb, what's your bright idea? <laughs> <laughs>